Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What the fuck is happening? Welcome to the show. This is WTF. This is my podcast. If it's your first time listening, hi. Nice to see you. Go ahead, have a seat with everybody else, wherever you are on this planet. Go ahead, sit down wherever you're going to sit down. Just hang out. Listen. Feels like you're uh, in the room, doesn't it? We're all just hanging out. All right. What? Okay, look. Brian Scolero is on the show today, and Brian Scolero is one of uh, my favorite comics to watch. Always makes me laugh, this guy. Oh, forever. I like those goofy guys. He's a pretty goofy guy, but there's a there's a existential intensity to it. He is a naturally funny, cranky guy, and I like that. Because when I'm cranky, not always funny. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. If anybody knows what I'm saying, it's you guys. So look, some dates added. Look, these these Boston dates, they're not for a while, but they're selling pretty good. I'm excited about it, but I think I should give you a heads up about it. September 24th, I'll be at the Wilbur. I'll be at Stand Up Live in Phoenix, August 20th. Uh, two shows, one night there, Saturday. Probably get tickets for that. I'm not that big in Phoenix. I'll be in my hometown of Albuquerque, New Mexico, September 3rd. Uh, you can go to WTFPod.com slash tour for links to all these shows. I'll be at the Comedy Club in Rochester, New York, September 9th and 10th for four shows. And the Wilbur on the 24th of September. College Street Music Hall on September 25th. Troy Savings Bank Music Hall, October 14th. Uh, the Carolina Theater, November 17th. The Vic Theater in Chicago, December 3rd for two shows. Ridgefield, Connecticut at the Ridgefield Playhouse that is October 13th. Pushing it out there a bit. What is happening? I appreciate some of the input uh, that I got over the last few days when I was talking about anger and uh, about you know having a lifelong struggle with anger. I'll read a couple emails from you folks. I don't mind doing that. Uh, this one subject line containing the lava. Dear Mark, first of all, love your show. Second of all, in your most recent podcast, you mentioned your continuing struggle with containing the lava, quote unquote, of your anger and rage that will bubble up in moments of intimacy, which sounds extremely familiar to me as I have suffered this problem in the past as well. After talking about it with a counselor, friends, and my fiance, I've come to a few realizations and steps that help manage this process. Now, I'm stepping out of the email for a second. 
I've read about this. I've done a lot of research. I understand a lot of things. Putting things into practice, not so easy. See, what I usually do is just shove it down, behave differently, which is on some level all you can do without necessarily doing the work underneath. You know what I mean? Just getting by. All right, back to the email. So two things to think about when considering the concept of anger. One, it is a stick of dynamite, and when it goes off, it is all-encompassing and cannot be controlled. That is true. Sounds a little bit like Bernie supporters at this point, some of them. Two, it is a secondary emotion. Secondary is in all caps. Anger is caused by one of the three primary emotions which occur before that dynamite goes off. One, fear. Two, frustration. Three, hurt. Most people will not even acknowledge any of those first three emotions and just jump straight into anger. Doing so is essentially detonating the dynamite with the push of a button. Yeah, I know, man. I know. I know I got it. I got that button. However, when confronted with fear or frustration or hurt, this essentially adds a timer to the dynamite and gives you time to address those primary emotions first, or as I call it, diffusing the bomb. Naturally, this idea seems simple until you're confronted by one of the big three. But if you make a conscious decision of treating the primary emotions first, the bomb will not go off. As a person with a really short fuse, I have found these steps to be extremely helpful. And I rarely blow up at anyone anymore. Please excuse all the awful bomb puns and keep up the good work. Your fan, Richard. Richard, I got to say, upon reading this email, I feel fear, frustration, and hurt. You didn't cause the hurt, but I'm a little hurt that I'm at this age. I haven't dealt with some of this shit. I'm frustrated because this sounds right to me. And I'm frightened because well, I don't want to deal with the, the other things underneath. God damn it, Richard. God damn it. Thank you is what I meant to say. What came out? See what I did there? I was frustrated. I said, God damn it twice. And like a magical spell, I diffused the anger because I knew what I was feeling was frustrated. So listen, as you know, I don't I don't do much politics anymore. And there's a reason. I, I think most of you know where I, I stand for the most part, basically. But uh, but like, here's what happens in my head. Now, this is what happens. This is my head. This is how my head works and why. Look, sometimes an open mind is great. Sometimes if, you're, if your mind is too open, uh, people can dump garbage in it. And if your open mind is not fortified by being grounded and understanding the risks of having an open mind, uh, you can walk around with a garbage head. Now, here's what happens. Okay, so I watch uh, the Republican National Convention. I watch a little bit of the Democratic National Convention. Um, and I'm laying in bed the other night and I'm thinking like, all right, and here's here's the thing. That guy was right a little bit. You know, I'm upset about the world, but I'm also, you know, I think I'm a little skittish because I'm coming up on uh, 17 years sober in August. And as you get towards those those occasions, there's part of you, there's a little part of your brain left that's still like, hey man, birthday, that, that sober birthday, that sober anniversary's coming up. Oh, fuck, can you believe we're fucking 17 years sober? Let's go, let's just go fucking, let's go ruin something. Let's ruin something somehow. So I think I got a little of that going on in the, you know, in the, um, in the subconscious, in the river, the rage river. But, but getting back to the way my brain works, my head hits the pillow the other night and I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm laying there in Los Angeles, some of which is burning, but I think they're getting that under control. And... I just start thinking, I don't know where it started. You know, Donald Trump had mentioned, you know, the 
that there's going to be a nuclear terrorist attack. And then I started thinking about like, you know, were the Russians helping Donald Trump by releasing these um, or hacking the DNC, you know, against Hillary Clinton? Were the Russians helping Trump? Does Putin love Trump or Putin and Trump palsy walsy are they talking on the phone is putin looking for a a sort of totalitarian bro bud to uh to kind of talk shop with as a global leader is putin is is putin trying to make trump uh a a, a franchise of what's left of the russian ideology do they have common ground in the way they think about ruling or governing is this happening? Is Putin going to subvert the entire world and American election and global safety by maybe helping Donald out by slipping some sort of renegade nuclear device onto a boat that they park outside of Santa Monica and they just fucking take L.A. off the map? So I'm just sitting there going like Putin's going to blow Los Angeles up to help Trump win the election. And I couldn't sleep for a little while. And then I started thinking, like, I bet you there's a lot of people in this country, specifically people who support a certain ideology, that would be like, well, no great loss, right? So what? We won't have movies or television or Disneyland or the beach or Santa Monica or uh, a lot of celebrities. We wouldn't have um, wouldn't have a lot of uh, exciting um, uh, television options. We wouldn't. They'd be thrilled. They'd be like, good riddance, those manipulators of the real thing those people that put nothing but garbage into our heads they'd fucking just see and then the world would scramble it'd be a panic we lost a major american city and everybody would be freaked out and trump would be like i can handle it and putin would be secretly laughing in his in his pajamas and talking to trump in his pajamas at night going did it go good and trump goes beautiful baby i was perfect i don't know how to do a trump anyway see this is how my brain works So if I'm not clear that that is my brain and not reality, then it becomes a problem. And can my brain run away with me? Sure, sure. I'm I'm very close to being uh, one of the screamers on the floor of the Democratic National Convention. Of course, I'm very prone to uh, to allowing my mind to run away with me and then to make it true. A lot of things has happened in the last five years that keep me from wandering the streets, talking out loud to myself. Drop it, Putin! Gonna blow up Disneyland! I'm never that far away from that. Never far. Woo! I mean, you don't think that Trump and Putin are parking a nuclear device off the coast of uh, L.A., do you? I mean, I mean, they wouldn't do that, right? I mean... Huh. My guest today is somebody that I go back with a bit, had a little tension at the beginning... But I, I always love watching him. I oh, This guy always fucking makes me laugh. He's a very funny comedian. Let's go now to my conversation with Brian Scolaire. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to
to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Bro. Brian Scalero. I'm not saying I don't need to say people's names because I'll do an intro, but I wanted to acknowledge that okay. I know your full name and that you're here in the, Thank you. in the well, garage. I, I hope you. Yeah, I'm here. I'm, yeah, I'm, and, I'm uh, really excited about it. Are you? Well, yeah. I, I, don't, I didn't want you to be nervous. I was a little nervous. Yeah. I was nervous, but I was like, well, you know, from Obama to Scalero, you know. Hey, it, look, he, he went from Obama to Rich Voss, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like it? within, yeah, within two, uh, <laughs> within two fucking episodes. <laughs> So, you know, I don't, I think you should uh, move that worry out of the way. Okay, okay. But I was trying to think, man, like, I, I mean, I've known you a long time, I guess, right? I think we met in 95 at the old Gotham Comedy Club. Oh, I remember that day. Yeah, I remember. It was a while ago. Yeah. But you were one of the first guys I met. Like, I think I met you before I really took it seriously, comedy, when I was yeah. still doing pre-shows and stuff. I met you and, like, Geraldo in the same week. At the old Gotham, the old Gotham, twenty second. Yeah, Street. the one on Twenty Second Street with the it was thin. Yeah, and everybody would park. Yeah, and then while the show was going on, they would tow all their cars. Do you remember yeah, that? You on could, that you one could be parked there between ten and eleven p.m. for some reason. It was horrible. Yeah, and that was like I'm trying to remember. Right, so I met you there. Yeah, and that and so ninety five. So yeah, I've known you at least twenty one years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. No, actually, I met you way before that. You probably remember. We talked about this on WTF uh, like episode 100 or 101. The, li- the live one? The, we- yeah, yeah. But yeah. you um, had on Comedy Central, it might have been Comedy Channel still, you had a uh, a pilot called The Mark Maron Project. That's right, for HBO Downtown. Yeah, and right. I, I had graduated uh, college in 95, Yeah, and my first intern job right. was as a PA on your show. Really, with Robert Small? Yeah, uh, he produced it. Yeah, yeah, Robert Small. That's yeah. the guy I was working with, Robert Small Productions. Right, right. So then, uh, that's how I got with HBO Downtown. So how'd I, you get that job? Just because I thought maybe if I did behind the scenes, they yeah. would say, "Well, that guy's funny." Yeah, throw him on camera. Yeah, but that that never would have happened. And of then, course, it could happen. Never happened. Happens all the time. What happens to like Biff Henderson and people like that? But like people who can't. Well, usually don't talk. You like stand that guy over there. Yeah, move the plant. Put that guy there. But at some point, I had lost my shit and just quit. The the job really really traumatic well that was like i guess that was me on the way out because that was the pilot after short attention span theater you're right yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so that's what because you became a you were you were working down there at hbo downtown uh hbo downtown yeah right after, after i left yeah because well, uh, if that was your first job the pilot i think that was like my swan song because they hadn't invented the daily show no so we were all up for it you wow. know, uh, you know that was a pilot. They were looking for a show, so That's we shot was. that. Wow! Yeah, and Dave Chappelle was my guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Stephen Weber. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. And we did bits. There were bits, and yeah. Chuck Sklar was one of the writers. And you had a little wheel that you'd spin. That was and, a great bit. And whatever, yeah, and whatever would stop on, you would riff on. That was the Chris Kelly who went on to a. Uh, to write for politically incorrect for years, right? We we broke down the format of monologue jokes. Hmm. So what you would do is that you, you like how they work. You know, there's a setup and then a twist. Right. So we put all the setups. 
I, I'm trying to figure out how that wheel worked. Yeah, I think you either threw a dart or it stopped. No, it spin. You right. spin it. Yeah, and then you you you. I think you. I remember it was you. You take one thing and compare it to another thing. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like you'd spin it twice. Yeah, and then you'd have to build a joke out of that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. loved that bit. But you know what I was doing when what? you were doing that? What? I was new, so yeah. all I saw was little colored pieces of tape on the floor. Yeah. And I was like, well, nobody's telling me what to do. I should yeah. probably pick up all these pieces of tape. Right. Meanwhile, they were your marks, <laughs> and I was I was taking them away from you. <laughs> the <laughs> guy tried know. to do a good job. Yeah, he's just this big idiot oh. sweating. And then I stood outside with jelly beans for the audience members. Oh, good. So at one point, <laughs> at one point you came outside, and you were like, dude, I, that was... And I was like, no, it was good. We didn't even have any met right, You're right. like, no, no, I don't know, really. And you're like, yeah. I was like, yeah, it was very funny. Yeah, because I thought it was very funny. Yeah, and that was like the prime target audience member right. for those shows. And I was already like leaning on you. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I get the laughs I wanted. But uh, that was the first time I met you. And then what? So where did you grow up? Uh, Queens. I was born in Brooklyn, and I was Brooklyn and Queens. Long time in Queens. Really? So at that point, I was living in Queens. Like yeah. what? What part of Queens? Uh, well, uh, Glendale, which is next to Forest Hills, so yeah. I, I'd have to walk through the really nice Forest Hills to get to the subway to go to my college, yeah. high school, and then I'd go back, uh, walk through the really Jody and Ferraro houses, and, yeah. and then go to my and, shit And your, your parents live there? My parents live there, yeah, my brother. So yeah. you got one brother? I got one brother and, and uh, two parents. Queens. Queens. It's an area between Long Island and Brooklyn where, where there's two separate personalities, and Queens is like, we're just going to, you know, we're right here. Yeah, we're just trying to keep our own identity. Yeah. Like, yeah, Brooklyn's pretty heavy and Long Island's pretty heavy. And the further out you get on Long Island, the heavier it gets, right? Is, yeah. It but does, then, right? But then you get to Montauk and it's nice again. Yeah, yeah, but they don't let the crazies in there. <laughs> no, like, no, yeah, my, yeah, the crazy sort of, tri- what does it happen? The crazy sort of, you know, it gets thin <laughs> and then the rich people come, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, and couldn't they get there and they complain about the crazies? Right. That guy working at the gas station is out of his mind. You're a visitor here. F- fuck you. Mm-hmm. Ah. But you. But your voice is not necessarily Queens. It used to be. Yeah. I almost threw up. I'm really sorry. But it, <laughs> you almost threw up just then? <laughs> right there. But I, I used to have a very heavy accent. And, yeah. Uh, like, I sounded like, remember the little kids in Jaws? Come on, Dad, a little longer. <laughs> that's, get out of the boat. You know, that's what I sound like. I go bit by a vampire. <laughs> But they, that's that was exactly what I looked like and exactly what I sounded like. And then I guess being here for fifteen yeah. years, it kind of like melded into this. Did it? Yeah. Well, when I met you, you already sounded like Brian Scalero. You think so? I think so. I had a deep voice. I mean, I think there's a little Queens at the end of your sentences. Right. Right. <laughs> I used to love uh, Patrice used to imitate me. He would just be like, just sounds. Yeah, yeah. He would just he would yeah. just do a deep voice. Yeah. Mimic. But isn't it funny how we talk about Patrice? Oh, Patrice used to shit on me too. <laughs> like that's a, that was a compliment from Patrice. Like, oh yeah, yeah, he he paid attention enough to work something out to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> He used to call me Patton Oswalt. Oh, he did? Yeah. He's like, like, little fucking Patton Oswalt over here. Then eventually he learned my name. I was like, I made it, you know? So the idea was to be an actor first when you were a kid? Yeah, it was weird. I, when I was when I was in, uh, I would say, first grade, my father would show us uh, Marx Brothers and Laurel and Hardy. Oh, really? Was your dad an old guy? Yeah. Well, no, he just he's old now still. You know. Oh, yeah. How old are you? You're, four, um, you're 10 I'm years 42, younger than me. 42, right? yeah. And yeah. I'm 52. Oh, right, right. So your dad was a Marx Brothers fan. Yeah, so we I, we grew up watching that. On Channel pretty, 11, or did he get no, the No, he had them on VHS. Oh, really? And I always remember, because you know Duck Soup, one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. In order for us to watch the VHS, yeah. my father didn't want to get up. We didn't have remote controls. Right. So he didn't want to press fast forward. He would right. just leave the last five minutes of the movie before it. 
and it was on borrowed time. Do you ever see on borrowed time? No. It's uh, it's a movie where there's death is in a tree. Yeah. A little kid climbs a tree. Yeah. And, he fall, and then like yeah. he's supposed to die. Yeah. So the little kid dies at the end. So every. <laughs> So we had to watch a little kid fall from a tree and die. <laughs> then he goes to heaven going, Grandma! And then Duck Soup would start. So it was like- Every time you yeah, watched yeah. it. If you wanted pain, you had to, if you wanted happiness, you had to go through a little bit of pain first, which is which is the Scolaro family through and through. So, and you, uh, your dad's still around though? Yeah, yeah, luckily. You know? Yeah, and your mom? Yeah, yeah, everybody's still around. That's great. Yeah, I've been very lucky. They're also like really fun, ridiculous people. Really? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. And where's your brother? Uh, he lives in New York. And he's your little brother? He's older, and he does not like to be talked about. He's not. He's not on Facebook. He's not on any social media. Oh yeah. He doesn't. He just. He does not want to be discussed. So we're not discussing your brother. I'm not telling you. I'm just. I'm just kind of telling everybody. My brother's interesting. He's like, don't. Yeah. Ever, don't. I don't exist. Oh really? Well, he thinks. He thinks he's like a spy. But meanwhile, he just works a job. You know. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's a spy. Yeah, but he acts like he's, he's everyone's out to get him. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But did he? But he uh, I think he's right though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? He's that kind of guy. Well, uh, some people don't like him. I don't, some people don't like me. It's always <laughs> weird when you meet people that don't like you. Like, what did I do to uh, upset you? It's usually based on some. With me, like, <laughs> like I remember, like you and I had, a, like, there was a not tension, but I'm uh, back I'm, oh, tw- at least twenty years ago for that. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I upset. I upset. No way! How would you know? It was great because, like, well, let's get we'll we'll come back around to that. You started doing comedy around the same time my ex wife did, I think. Uh, like she, I was a little above her, right, on the the food chain. But you knew yeah. her, yeah, I, I knew right. her, yeah, right. And yeah. I'm trying to remember. It must have been like '99. It must have been like it must have been before like it was okay <laughs> for me to be touching her ass in public. No, I well, I was brand new to, and all I knew was Mark Marin. You know, like yeah. I, I looked up to you, yeah. and then I, I just knew that there was this uh, young, sensitive girl yeah. that I was just becoming friends with. I right. wasn't even interested in her. To me, she was out of my league, yeah. so I, I wasn't. She, she felt like she was out of everyone's league. I was amazed I got her. I'm still <laughs> amazed. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, there's yeah. no chance of me being with her. Yeah. But I was like, when she was brand new, and she felt impressionable. Yeah, and yeah. Like, she would always ask me like uh, advice questions. Or, yeah. you know, and I would, So when... When you when your hand was on her ass, I was like, you you would let uh, him do that? Yeah, I was learning. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I, I was brand new wait, in the so business. So if he tries to do that to me, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I was saying. <laughs> but I, uh, my experience yeah. in the real world was even limited. Right. You know, right. Uh, all I, all I really I used to work with mentally retarded people. And you did? Yeah, and that's all I I worked at college, and then there was mentally retarded people. And then there was day one on the job, and a guy I admire is filling up a girl that's always asked me for advice. Yeah, I didn't know her what ass, to say. I wasn't feeling her up. That would be different. In- okay, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. you were. Yeah, and uh, and I, it must have been when we were sort of on the down low. I couldn't imagine it was like out and out. No, that's into. why I thought you were still married at that point. I probably was still married. That, that's at that why point. I said something. And what a scumbag! That guy's married. I think I was, I was like, do you know he's married? That's when I said. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. And then when you brought it up to me, I was like, I realized. She had told you, and it became this probably rolling snowball thing bigger than it was. You know. No, I remember you being around because I like I actually remember you, like at the at the bar at the cellar even. Yeah. Like I remember the night I met her. What like like I didn't really know her. I met her briefly with Artie Fuqua. She was just this live like wire, yeah, you yeah. know, running around right. all pretty and kooky. Yeah. 
And then, and then, like, I remember, like, this, the way I tell the story is I was holding court at the Comedy Cellar, okay. rambling on, having one of those conversations, like, oh, I'll start it with Pryor, you know, and uh, <laughs> and I think you were there. I mean, in my mind, you were there when she walked up to me and said, you look, you're Mark Maron. Now, you? At that point, I was so brand new, I wouldn't have even stepped in the cellar. The point is, everybody thinks we don't like each other because we have this history, and that's like a tiny book. I never didn't like you. Always thought you were uh, funny. Thanks. Never, never didn't like you. You thought I didn't like you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. that. Let's go down that list. <laughs> the people that Brian thinks don't like him. Because uh, you used to come up to me and say, um, you going to do the garbage truck joke? People always think that like that, that like I'm being condescending. It's not my fault if you don't like the joke. If I like it. <laughs> you know, I, I went up to... <laughs> I mean, like, I want to hear... Like, oh, it's so funny. But it's true, isn't it? I know people do it to me, too. Like, I went up to Joe, Joe Matarese once. Yeah. And I, I, you know, granted, I may not be up to speed on anyone's evolution as a comic. Right. But, like, I remember a joke. I want to hear the joke. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, even as a comic, I don't take in, I'm not empathetic enough to realize, like, that joke might be 10 years ago. Ashamed of that joke. See, I know exactly what happened because I look at it. I see younger comics now who yeah. feature for me or whatever. Yeah. And they'll walk away uh, 90% of the time with a good experience. Right. But 10%, something I said confuse them where they thought it was evil mm-hmm. you know what i mean oh, right, right. and so it's so that's and i then they'll post it online brian's car said this and I, and I have to find the number I go dude I, I didn't mean it like that oh could yeah you, could you take the post down yeah you know what i mean so yeah. it's, it's like with, with with that with you was i admired you so much because i really did you know what oh, i mean so you thought i was being a dick i know i, I thought you were like because i was self-aware of that joke compared to your good writing oh, oh no. you know what i mean so but, it's but, like, some, but you're just funny you're naturally funny i mean i couldn't i'm, like, I'm a nervous n- maniac but you're like you're you're like uh it's a rare thing thanks by the way yeah but it's a rare thing like you know you're just going to get up there and you're going to be funny even if you're just standing there me i got work Dude, the way you've been, the way you've been wrapping up everything, I've been watching, uh, at the store. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic the way it all wraps up, like the full, uh, the, the stool, the stool bit. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's wonderful how it all ends. Like this, it's like a, a weird perverted ballet. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, I'm trying to do that more because then it, you know, it, it's like I don't like joke to joke. Yeah. And you know I like going long form, but it's yeah. nice if you can start weaving things back in and back. Yeah, you know, it's it's but nothing, that's, nothing it, new. But that's yeah, no, but that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a talent I don't have yet. You could if you wanted. Yeah, I'd have to really concentrate. Here's what you do: you do the garbage truck at the beginning, and yeah. then at the end, a in club. another joke, I do the sound, yeah, same yeah, sound. Yeah. yeah, but just in the, as that's as an aside, in another joke, genius. Like you, you know, like <laughs> uh, so. Then the guy says, uh, you know, did you shit your pants? And in the back, you gang, 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 gang. Yeah. He called it back. <laughs> That's the first, <laughs> the eventual the callback. No, it just, uh, but I've been admiring what you've been doing. You've been really fucking, I mean, moving uh, on from that weird uh, Mishnah topic. You've been, I liked the weird Mishnah topic. Did you? Yeah. You know, it's weird. It's like, it's been so long. I literally haven't seen her in, in like seven or eight years, which is fine. But let's go back to you. <laughs> so you're walking through, you're walking by Geraldine Ferraro's house. I, I, I wanted to, uh, yeah, that's your to question. To get to school. Acting or comedy. That's what you're talking about. That well, yeah, well, we know, we're back at home. We're, we we saw the kid fall out of a tree. We're watching yeah. Duck Soup. But in your fifth, dad would do. Was your dad was your dad one of those guys that would laugh every time at the Marx Brothers? Yeah, but I think uh, seeing it through our eyes, my yeah. brother and I's eyes, yeah. it, it made it, it was more fun. Like I really get a kick at whatever girl I'm dating before she figures out what a mess I am and takes yeah. off. I always show. She can't tell that right away. No, that's wild. Well, they usually can't. The most of them can. Yeah, but the ones that can't, the yeah. ones that are a little dumber or crazier, like my level. Yeah. Well, it takes them a couple more weeks. Yeah. 
But I would show, I'll show them a marshmallow movie. And the ones that really enjoy it, like when somebody's laughing at Harpo, you know they have a good soul. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. And so when somebody's laughing at Groucho, you know they have a little rough edge yeah. to them, you know? It's a, you can yeah. read a person. Yeah, yeah. So And if they don't laugh, you go, I don't know what this is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, because my grandfather liked slapstick, but that was slightly more elevated than slapstick because yeah. there was such a... Anarchist. Yeah. And, Grou you know, Groucho was such a, you know, sharp wit. Yeah. And Harpo was, like, you know, the... the pantomime. Yeah, the, yeah. And then Chico was this... This working class character, and he was he was an idiot. I guess yet, so. He was an idiot. Yeah. So those three together, yeah, it was like a constant barrage. And I, when we were kids, you play keep away, mm -hmm. like you place uh, Saluji. Let's keep away. You keep somebody's hat and you throw them. You keep away. Keep yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. That's what I feel the Marsh Brothers did with their movies. They were like, well, this. We're taking this movie, we're kidnapping this movie for an hour. Yeah. And we'll give it back to you at the end. I'd like to watch it again because I remember my grandfather loved it when I was a little kid, and I, I'm not, I, I didn't. I don't mind slapstick, you, you know, but it didn't it didn't immediately register with me. What it registered with me was more like the guys that do the kind of comedy you do, which mm. is sort of slightly cranky, <laughs> sad sack guys. Yeah, Curmudgeon. I mean that that was the shit that got me. Or hostile comedy, like W. C. Fields or Archie Bunker, like Jackie Vernon. Okay, you know, yeah, yeah. Archie Bunker. I mean, I think W. C. Fields. If I if I if it didn't register as as really old to me, yeah. like I had a hard time. I was very fascinated with black and white stuff, but. I, I didn't, uh, it, it always seemed like I was watching dead people. Well, you are. I know. I watch a movie now and there's a dog in it. I go, that dog's way dead. <laughs> I never think you know, about that. I do all the time. <laughs> really? Yeah, I go, that dog's, because you know what Bill Murray looks like now. Yeah. So if I'm watching Stripes and there's a dog in it, I go, that dog is way Of course way it's dead. dead. Um, the dog's dead. Yeah, but oh, like where buddy, is it? Where is it buried? Was it cremated? Really? Well, that shit interests me. Buddy Hackett I liked. Yeah, he was great. You know, but uh, but I watch those movies, but it's interesting that, you know, that you, it, it registered with you. Like Laurel and Hardy, I could understand. I love Laurel and Hardy. What, what Laurel and Hardy did, this yeah. might sound boring. It's not as interesting. No, it's as not the, boring. The I never, I've never talked about Laurel and Hardy on here except with Dick Van Dyke. Wow. Well, he maybe, put, maybe one other person. He really know. admired Stan Laurel. But well, he went and visited him. Yeah, I know. And he basically mimicked him in a movie. Found him in the film. Yeah, the uh, the comic, yeah. right? The comedian. But like, if you look at what Buster Keaton, this is what I try to do with scripts when somebody gives me a script. You try to find uh, five laughs in yeah. one line. When I first started, I was like, as long as I say the line. Who I'll said that? I did. Oh. Yeah, I'm talking to you right now. This is me. No, but you got to find five laughs in one line. But that was me, your own rule. Yeah. Well, in okay. the beginning, I would go on the first sitcom I did, they'd give me a line. And yeah. I would say the line, and then yeah. the audience would go, yay. And then I'd say three years later, I'm like, oh, if I stop the line here, I can get two laughs out of it. Yeah. So then we progressed, right? You know, and so you break down each paragraph they give you and try to get more laughs, right? Whereas one, per like Big Bang Theory, those guys do that. If they, you'll notice that they'd stop a line and then, yeah, you know. So Buster Keaton, I felt like would throw himself down a flight of stairs. His foot would go in a bucket, and he'd fall down the stairs, and it was brilliant because it's really him. Yeah. But then when sound came in, Laurel and Hardy had to figure out how do we, what can we do with this? Yeah. They're like, well, let's slow down the the fall. Let's make five laughs on this one fall like we'll have Stan put the bucket on the top of the stairs Ollie is walking doesn't see the bucket almost puts his foot in it yeah that's a laugh yeah he does it again yeah second laugh then he finally puts his foot in it yeah then he falls down the stairs that's three laughs yeah. and then there's this whole 30 second sequence where he's just staring at Stan Laurel like <laughs> And Stan Laurel just try to kind of hide it behind right. a pole. The, the weird, found, like awkward pause, yeah. the awkward uh, beat that goes on forever between the two yeah. of them. So they got they got five laughs mm -hmm. out of one fall. That did Laurel didn't one. didn't Ollie uh, like hit Laurel or play with his tie or something? <laughs> well, was the, there a physicality to it? Ollie would play with it. Like he would hit him with his hand a lot. Just, right, you stare at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like that. Yeah, I think I like them better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were, Marsh Brothers I like because they weren't slabs to give, and they were just anarchists. 
No, I liked I liked Groucho because like that's really how jokes are to be delivered. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do jokes, it sort of starts there. Yeah. Like he could like he could land those one liners, man. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, they would go on the road. And yeah. they would do. Uh, they would take five big scenes from the upcoming movie, mm-hmm. and they would time out the laughs. And then Groucho would try different laughs. He'd meet with the writers afterwards and be like, "Let's try a different word there. Let's try, to, you know." So they would test the scenes for Night at the Opera and Day at the Raises Why? before they in got involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in in the opera in the yeah. variety houses. It's interesting, you know. Yeah, how'd you learn that? I'm just. I read the one books I do read are like biographies of comedians. You know. Uh huh. Like the uh, I love it. Yeah, you know the Jack. I got a Jack Benny one. I got a, a George Carlin one. The Jack Benny one's great. Jack Benny one's really good. It was it's it was written by one of his partners. Uh huh. You know, but it's very it's just like a lot of good stories about him on the road. But well, this all this technique is sort of interesting. I never yeah. like I never thought about. I I know about making choices as an actor. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've been you're great. Yeah, but I don't ever think like how many laughs can I get out of this line. I mean, now I'm gonna have to think about that. Well, you don't have to because your show's not like that. Your show's like oh yeah, that's right. You're, you're, like your acting on the show is, is I know it sounds like we're kissing your ass now, but no, I'm already here. I'm already here. Yeah, I, I got. You can just be honest. Tell me how much yeah. you don't like me. I do like it. <laughs> I can't believe you touched the ass. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. It was inappropriate. It was out of line. I felt bad about it. I should have been more honest with my wife quicker. I, there's a lot of things. A lot of things. I shouldn't have fucking touched your ass. I should. You know, dude. <laughs> I would, you know, it would have saved me a lot of darkness and aggravation. But I don't know if I hadn't touched your ass if I'd ever have this fucking podcast. Dude, it was a good time. Or I would have ever gotten out of that marriage, the, the first marriage. I would have had kids living in Queens, doing some sort of local TV show if it still existed, <laughs> or being dead, probably being dead. fucked up on coke. Well, the person you are now is fantastic. I was thinking about that the other day. Tom Rhodes and I were talking about what. Like uh, you, you sent me that very nice email. Yeah, and I was, and I was like, and Tom, Tom was sitting next to me when it happened. We yeah. were playing some fucking laundromat. Yeah, like it was just like Ugh, horrible. We're playing a laundromat. Yeah, and uh, and so we, I, I'm looking at the email. He goes, "What's that?" I go, "No, Mark sent me a really nice email." I go, "Man, he's really, he's like, have you? Doesn't he really change? Like since the time I've met him, <laughs> he's done a whole 180." <laughs> and I always use that for proof when yeah. people like say, "Look." Like, <laughs> Like, I'm always doing it. How often does this come up, no, right? No, 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 that's proof for me. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, now for everybody else. Oh, when right. people like uh, addictions or yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody was a jerk, and then yeah, yeah. like, it's like, well, people change. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, I haven't known anybody has changed. Like, I know one. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, one guy. You completely, yeah, I swear to God, I've known one. Well, I you. think what, what happens is like, the, I don't know, like people, generally people say people don't really change. And, and and a lot of times people don't change much. But the one thing, if you take drugs and alcohol out of the mix and that was amplifying all of your fucking negative traits, right. that's going to be a big change. Yeah. But it took a long time for me to stop being an asshole, to get humbled enough. And see, that's why I'd like to thank Mishna and, and you know, kind of pat myself on the back for patting her on the ass because <laughs> I would not have been humbled and humiliated <laughs> Enough to get hold of myself and understand who I really am had that chick not had enough of me. <laughs> See that? Yeah. Well, it's the same. Well, who you are now is great. The way you, the, the it, way you yeah, came through that. Yeah, it works. It works out. You know, we all have our little things. Have you been watching? Uh, are you, you know, what's you? What's your thing? Pot and food? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, surprise. I'm surprised you got that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. But but you're not a gambler or that kind of no, shit. No, no, no. That's you know, good. I uh, Cause you seem like a sweet guy. Pot and food, those are sweet guy ones. Yeah, I mean, not coke and booze and no. Well, and... I mean, there's been there's been coke. And yeah, there's sure. There's been booze. You know? Yeah. I remember driving home drunk from the comedy cellar in like oh. 2001. 
I had to do the left eye thing where you close the left uh, eye. Yeah. I'm on that little lane on the side of the 59th Street Bridge. Well, you know, there's one oh, lane. Right. Oh, it's yeah, you yeah, yeah. and a river. Yeah, yeah. And I, like a big fall in a river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and like a pole built in like the 30s. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I was just like, don't you just watch those headlights in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And I wound up sleeping at that guy's house. Yeah. <laughs> I just followed him up. <laughs> but I, like, there's been bad oh, nights. Man. There's, there's been bad Don't nights. you real? You remember when you're in that shit, when you're like doing that and you're like, uh, this is a skill. Like it was a challenge. Yeah. That had to be overcome. Just you in the river. That reminds me of the Joe Matarese joke that I asked him to do that he got mad about. <laughs> when he was talking about old video games, he's like, you remember Pong? Yeah. You know, and he goes, you remember there's that one level where it's just you and the wall? <laughs> yeah. That was it. Yeah. I, I liked it. I haven't seen that joke in a while. I remember uh, my, I always liked the, your, um, I still uh, think about it, the rage passing on joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. The and dra- somehow like, it yeah. all ends up in the Middle East. Right, right, right. Yeah, that was, yeah. Around, that was around the same time you were doing the Yamaka joke. You're like, where are my people? Oh, oh there, there they are. With the hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to do jokes. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. All right, so there you are in Queens. Are you are you, are you Catholic-y? Are you Italian-y? Yeah, it's a dumb joke, but like my father was Catholic. I went yeah. to a Catholic high school, but I went to a Lutheran grammar school, and we went to- so I, Good my, balance. My, my joke is that I was Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> It was awful. Right. I did that once. But there's a good balance there. Lutherans are a little more forgiving yeah. than the Catholics say. who are, are relentlessly yeah. unforgiving. But it's just, uh, I just, I don't know, man. It's It was interesting. It sets you with that tone of uh, being a good person. Yeah. But it's it's uh, you feel like a real jerk when you fall, you know, from that. But you you believe that it instilled some sort of uh, you know uh, humility around being nice to other people. Yeah, but That's it, good. It, it also instilled the necessary tools you need for a comic, which is uh, fuck you. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Where you question authority at all times. I made a teacher quit. I quit the business as teaching. I would write. I was like in uh, Catholic school. Yeah, I was a complete high school. Dick. I was a dick. There, yeah. There's a dick in me. I know. No, no, that. I believe that. <laughs> yeah. So I would write plays about him. Yeah. Wouldn't tell him they're about him. I go. Yeah. Can I read this to the class? And he'd be like, sure. Then I go up and just read horrible uh, insults about uh, this man. Uh, yeah. And he and he quit. Yeah. I don't know. If he quit. Did he cry? I don't know if he. I'm sure he cried at, at some point, but yeah. not in front of me. But I was like always being a jerk. Like the library was on the first floor. Yeah. And I would come in the library and go, uh. "Hi, Mrs. Hagelin." And then I'd crawl out the window, run around the front of the school, and come back in the library and go, Hi, Mrs. Hagel. <laughs> and crawl out the window, run around like I had go, Hi, Mrs. Hagel. She's she like, What's going on? Was she old? Yeah, but she got pissed. <laughs> like, I, I would do things that were cute at first and then pass them. But were, were, were you doing them for anybody? or just No, because in Marx Brothers, when you watch Marx Brothers, this is what fucked my head, I think. Nobody on the screen is laughing at Groucho insulting people. Right, right. So it, to me, as a kid watching that, I go, It doesn't matter. <laughs> If nobody's laughing, as long as the joke's done. See, there was not a kid who was like, watch, I'm going to do it again. You didn't have that guy? No, you were just I just doing it for your own I, entertainment? I, it's my own weird personality. Was it satisfying? Yeah. <laughs> but it made me look nuts. I found out years later. But oh, yeah? I, yeah. How'd you find that out? I remember talking to somebody, uh, like, a friend from high school, and like the his friends never did anything in the school. They yeah. just left to smoke yeah. weed. In the, and his friends were like, my friends thought you were crazy. I'm like, really? Well, I guess I was. Because to me, it was, there was an audience in my head watching right you know and they were like brian you gotta say that it doesn't yeah. matter you're gonna get a, a detention yeah it doesn't matter nobody's gonna laugh you have to say that and I, I still have it like i was sitting with this guy eating dinner yeah and he goes yeah my my father my my father's friend just passed he was a really good doctor i'm like well i guess he wasn't that good a doctor <laughs> why am i saying this to the person there's no audience member there to laugh at the guy who just got so sad and i had to spend the next five minutes doing the old backpedaling yeah well i think we do that to to somehow uh <laughs> Well, I mean, I do, I do, I do that too. You know, I mean, like, 
like you do it to sort of hide the uh, emotion, you know, like or to deal with the, you know, when, I think when sometimes when we're as comics, you know, a feeling comes up and you're like, I better better d- dismember that with a joke, yeah, and disassemble that, yeah, that yeah, funny, yeah. And I don't want to be sucked down into the set. One of us has to stay afloat here. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, sorry, <laughs> you know. So I've had moments like that fairly recently, you know, when when you hear about people's passing or whatever, you're going to make a joke. You, you, you just you can't help it. But you, you know, should try keep it off Twitter and maybe just keep it around people yes. that uh, you know that, that can that's, handle it. That's why hanging with comics is fun. Because yeah, because you can say something really, really horrible, and everyone's yeah, yeah, going to be okay with yeah, it. Yeah, just like what? Okay, yeah, or get a laugh. Yeah, I went out in public the other night to a regular, <laughs> a regular person party Civilians. with my girlfriend. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And one one woman was just going on and on about something that just was, you know, she was over intellectualizing. It was getting annoying, and you know, it was a, it was an easy thing to to get the 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 gist of. Right. And and she and she just kept going, and I'm like, all right, listen, this is what and like and like everybody there was. I, I saw frightened faces for a second. Yeah, because there's like, no microphone in your head. Well, yeah, because the tone. Like, I don't yeah. know my tone. And, yeah. I, and my my girlfriend's like, well, you yelled at her. I'm like, that wasn't yelling. Yeah. How was that yelling? Exactly. Because you weren't on stage with a mic in your hand. It becomes completely. She's, it just became, like, ridiculous. What are we doing? Yeah. Let's move Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's pretty much my whole life. <laughs> the worst is when you have to sit in the elevator. Well, you don't live in an apartment building anymore. So you don't have that forced integration where you're like, I got I got five floors of listening to this guy trying to make me laugh because he saw me on TV. And it's just like, so painful. It's so painful. Like, tell me a joke. All right, you, your girlfriend's fat. Yeah. It's funny to me. But it's... <laughs> it's like, what if my dog... Comedians are always depressive people. Do you ever know something? Wait, my fucking dog died today, asshole. I always had to be funny. You said that to him? No, I thought it. Yeah. <laughs> just undermine the guy. Yeah, yeah. So when did you start doing the the stage shit? Oh yeah, uh, in fifth grade I saw uh, George Carlin at the Westbury Music Fair. You did? Yeah, my pa- my parents, my mother. So my father showed us the old stuff. My mother would take us to see Blues Brothers, uh, the movie Caddyshack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would t- would show us the best did of John Belushi. Him? Yeah, like she liked that little edgier stuff. Yeah, that my father was against. Mm-hmm. Against? Not against, but he didn't embrace it. Like right. he didn't show us George Carlin, but he would sit and watch us with him and laugh the whole time. Right. So we all went to see George Carlin. Then we saw Bill Cosby at Harris in Atlantic City. Wait, for, in fourth grade, what year would that be for that? What what phase of Carlin? Because I saw him when I was in fourth or fifth grade, too. Well, he did uh, after the- after Carnegie Hall and Carlin on Campus, those two HBO specials yeah. that I consider the, the great ones. Yeah. Then he did uh, uh, Playing With Your Head, which is the first one that I really saw. And it came out like the same year as himself, Bill Cosby himself. And I was watching it going, who is this guy? This is fantastic. Yeah. And I just went and started digging up Occupation Fool. Yeah, yeah, and, Class Clown, yeah. AMF. And I just discovered him. And, yeah. I was, and then my mother was like, you want to go see him? And I was like, yeah. So we just went, and like he became almost like a second dad to me. Oh, really? We was like, you, I was like, I love individuals, but I don't like groups. Pretty soon they're all wearing the same hats. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so it just, uh, I don't know, he taught me so much that my parents didn't teach me. Yeah. About how to, about religion and about groups of people and about politics. And, yeah. And I, and uh, how to ha- and then how to look into yourself. Like, don't wear headphones all the time. Why are you afraid of your own thoughts? Like things like that get in your head, and you go like, yeah, yeah, you know, philosophy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, well, no, that's great. Well, that's uh, 
That's that's what a lot of us who are comedy fans get out of comedy. You know, you, it makes you understand things. Yeah. See things differently. Maybe that's why we're depressed, because we see fucking angles of truth that nobody else wants to pay attention to. Well, no, I think that's what saves us from falling into the depression permanently. That's is true. That, you know, like, you know, you can go to a comedy club, and even now, like, you know, I see guys, they make you laugh. Some guys will get you a new angle on things. Right. Some guys will do something, you're like, that was good. Yeah. And, you know, and like, yeah, I never thought of that. And that, It still never, happens. Oh, yeah, all the yeah. time. It's one of the great things about being us. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't happen as often as when we were kids with no. the big guys. So yeah, but Cosby myself too. That thing I didn't watch that until like you know right before he gotten you know got in all the trouble. Really? Like I watched Cosby that, himself. That was yeah. the one that made him. I know, but I never cared really much. You know, I listened. <laughs> I'd listen to his old records and stuff, and I knew he was a great comic, but he wasn't really my bag. But I was listening to old stuff, and I yeah. watched himself. Right. L- literally, like you know, six months to a year. But well, no, it was more than that. It was probably five years ago where I sat down with it yeah. and let it, you know, make an impression on me. It's very well done. Well, it's just well, he's just he, he you know, it's, it's weird. You feel bad even talking, yeah. you know, well about the guy. Yeah. But but you know, before pre pre rapist Bill Cosby, pre the knowledge of rapist Bill Cosby. Yeah, pre the knowledge of the rapist Bill Cosby. <laughs> you know what I learned from from myself was just. Uh, you know that you own your material that it's really up to you you know yeah. if you're going to sit there and tell a story yeah. if, you, if you make it your own and, yeah. and you make it funny it's you know that it was like they'll listen mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you know there's you can you decide the time yeah as long as you keep it going it was so entertaining mm-hmm. and we saw him in atlantic city and i remember there was an old man sitting behind me who was laughing just as hard as me and yeah. i was like 12 right you know and i that that struck a chord with me you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I watched. Old people would watch. My, my right. grandmother had never seen Star Wars. It's a great moment. Yeah, like I'm just starting now to you know to really try to uh, like I I need to keep learning. You know, and I I know that my evolution as a comic, like whatever you're noticing is going on, is that I really want to learn how to you know maintain a role and stay in it. You're and, doing that. Yeah, and it's a whole new thing for me. Like as opposed to like you know waste not waste time, but you know let the let the silences carry something yes i i really wanted to and i wanted to make everybody laugh yeah so like that's sort of been my new thing in the last couple years that's wonderful yeah because you're not just playing to a certain type of person yeah and you're playing and so the last few times i've seen at the store there was one night where you had to go on like probably a half hour later than you're supposed to oh yeah on that first show and they're dropping checks on yeah yeah it's a fucking mess yeah yeah and you just dig yourself out In a really brilliant way, <laughs> and get everybody to identify without changing who you are. Right, like to get a, a lot of people feel if you're going to make everybody laugh in the audience, and you got to sell out a little bit, right, to please everybody. Yeah. Well, I think no, you don't. I can't do that yet. But what you did that night was make everybody laugh. Well, I just like I started focusing on. I was never playing for a certain audience. Yeah. You know, it was just so like I was just doing what I knew how to do right. the way I knew how to do it, right. and whatever moved me. You know, like I was defensive. You know, I was less open. You know, I wanted to push buttons. You know, that was just because of who I am emotionally. Right. And I think that you know, if I've changed it all, it's that you know I've opened up a little bit, certainly on stage. And it's like, what do I got to make people uncomfortable for? Is it really a point? Are, is someone really going to go home? But then you know, when you talk about Carlin, like people do go home and their minds are changed if you make them a little uncomfortable but yeah. is that the guy i want to be right now maybe maybe a little but not overly 
Well, Carlin, for most of his career, it made people think, but also... Oh, like, yeah, he'd always be talking about, you know, like, uh, weird little things, moles and things. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I can't, like, well, listen, I love Bill Hicks. Yeah. Uh, if I listen to Bill Hicks, my comedy goes downhill, because <laughs> I can't do what he what he did. You know what I mean? And if I try it, it's... it's so people are like, why don't you, be, you have this license to tell the truth, and you're up there making this fucking tree-cutting sound effects. I'm like, well, that's what I do. Mm. That's what Brian Regan. There's a lot of truth. What Brian Regan does. I'm still being honest with myself on stage. Well, Hicks always, you know, every joke made a point. Yeah. You know, it's like you you know, you got to pick your places for that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone, you can make a point, but like you know, if every joke you're making a point, and then you get this sort of disposition of like. What are you people stupid? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, which yeah. Is, uh, I love Bill. I mean, there there was no one like him, and he was like one of the greatest, yeah. uh, y- y- you know, uh, satirists around. But but I I realized that just the other day that it, like almost every joke is a point. Yeah, and and it's good. Yeah. It's it's hell of a it's a hell of a task to write and and to to, to commit Execute. to that. Yeah. yeah, I would never be able to do it. And yeah. like to seeing, uh, I've not- tried to do it, but it's like the satisfaction isn't in being funny. Right. The satisfaction is in making a point and making it land. Yeah. Like, because a lot of times it's just a kick in the ball. And it's not always our job to teach. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and so if we're te- if I'm teaching people, there's a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's like, what yeah. am I going to teach them? Try not to masturbate more than three times a day because you're just, you're not going to, you're not going to get yeah, to the yeah. FedEx store. No, you're not going to do anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get like two naps involved in that right. day. Don't, yeah. don't mast- masturbate when you get back from the FedEx Right, store. right, right. Make, make, make it a reward. Yeah. Unless you got a, a big chunk of time in the afternoon. Make it a reward for your errands. Well, I think that all that stuff is very simple and that's what I started to realize too when I started doing the podcast that like people are just people. I mean, you know, everybody thinks... But you you know you can blow minds and you can do that. But if you space it out with the masturbation stuff, it's good. Bill knew that. Bill yeah. had some good. Yeah, he was great. Right. I I just can't do what he did. Sure. And if well, you I don't try, want to. You I do what you do. It's exactly. Hilarious. I always go out Thank of my way to watch you, man. You have been uh, back a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You recommended com- to you recommended Comedy Central give me a half hour special. I don't know if you remember doing that. You like I came out of a meeting. I told them they should give you a special, and I was like, really? <laughs> and I didn't really know that you liked me yet. So right, I was right. like, really? And you're like, yeah. Did you get it? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was uh, two years later, but oh, I got yeah. it. Okay. But all that helps. All, yeah, that, yeah. all that shit helps. And uh, I've always been on the outskirts because of the fact this is important for me. Nobody doesn't know. Anybody who doesn't know me doesn't give a shit. Yeah. But because of the fact that um, my manager was theatrical, theatrical based, mm-hmm. I never had any comedy direction. Yeah. Like everything comedy, I think like the Conan shows and. Uh, Montreal, all yeah. that had to come through me and my manager, but he was that wasn't his forte. He's, yeah. he's good at getting acting auditions, right? So I decided to stay with him because that seems like a lot of comics the end goal anyway. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll just have this covered. But for comedy, I have to call these clubs, and they go, they're like, who are you? I'm like, I've been on lots of shows. There's rec- everybody on your list, they know me. Yeah. I'll have them call you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Get ready for 52 phone messages. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like, it's always me. You still have to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I have to take crap money, but because I didn't go that route. So, well, let's, so, so let's go back. So you see George Carlin, and then when do you start getting on stage one way or the other? Did you do theater? Well, it was, well yeah, I, was, uh, I did a lot of theater in, uh, I would say, in high school, yeah, and a lot. I always played like I was. It was a Marx Brother play called Room Service, yeah. And I played the Chinko character, yeah. And it was like I remember getting so many. There's this moment where we all have to eat the food really fast, yeah, because we haven't eaten in days, yeah. So we, I'm shoving food in my face, yeah. And I just remember the audience laughing, 
and I was breaking loaves of bread over my head. I was like spitting apple when I was talking to people. I ate a whole apple in like five seconds. Yeah. And it was just in my mouth. I'm doing my lines and apples flying everywhere. Yeah. And I remember the principals laughing, old ladies that I never met are laughing, kids are laughing. And I remember thinking right there, you can actually do this. This yeah. isn't just something you want to do. You can actually do this. At that moment, I realized. With apple flying out of yeah, your mouth? Yeah, I was like, I could do this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, with apple flying out. And it was, um, I don't know. So right around that, I decided that's what I, that's what I want to do most of all. Be funny. Uh, yeah, but I like that thing. Oh, yeah. Theater is fun because you're acting the whole time you're on stage. What kind of plays were you doing? Oh, mostly in high school? Yeah. I had Chill Varying Your Men. I was the bad guy. Lee J. Cobb. You were Lee J. Cobb's uh, character? Lee J. Cobb. With the kid? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you work your fucking heart out. Ripping up the picture. Yeah. And I did all that. I'd love to see you at high school doing that. Yeah. People high were, school plays are great. I love them. Yeah. You know, it was always because I, I ran away with the show. Cause right. Nobody else was like, well, they're just trying to memorize their lines. Yeah, and, yeah. And not look stupid in front of the girls. Uh-huh. I'm just going for it. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt and Arsene and Lace. Yeah. So then after. Uh, uh, I would say college, the drama department wouldn't use me because they, I wasn't in drama. I was in communications. So they would keep me out of the plays because I didn't know it. So it's like my like, comedy But was there an now. open audition? Yeah, like, but they, it was all them. There was all their friends every time. Where'd you go to college? New Paltz, upstate New York. Yeah. It's like Berkeley now. Yeah. It's a big marijuana school. Yeah. What, SUNY New Paltz? Yeah, yeah, SUNY yeah, New Paltz. And so I got my own radio show there for three years. Called oh, yeah? That damn show, 9 p.m. on Tuesdays. Did you, did you do bits? They're all bits. I'd write them in class. I'd sit in class and just write the show. And you I'd, had other guys doing the voices and they shit? They would come in, and, and I still work with these guys. I really? I shoot skits with them. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They're, they're all out here now? No, they live in New York, but they're like my best friends, you know? Do you have tapes of that radio stuff? Uh, yes. One day my mother got confused and threw them all out, Yeah. but they still exist on a computer that no longer works, but I got to get in there and get them. <laughs> Eventually. As long as they're somewhere. Yeah, yeah, they're there, you know? But I have a few of them like, on my lap. So you graduated with a communications degree? Yeah. So I, I do understand communications. Good for you. You're yeah. doing a very good job of it today. Thank you. Yeah. It was the perfect amount of marijuana. Not too much <laughs> where it's like a Joey, you know, like my Joey Diaz appearance, but it's just enough to maintain. You, you balanced it? You, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I made an ass of myself on Joey Diaz's podcast. You did? I was like, I am way too stumped. Really? Yeah. 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 It's tough, man. It's tough in the morning. Do you, uh, do you go old school or you vape? Uh, old school. Yeah? Yeah. Vape, go- vaping requires going, going to the store and buying things. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a little one-hitter? A true marijuana smoker doesn't leave right, the house right, to right. buy marijuana preferentially. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm an actual marijuana smoker. Now I just do it in the street. I remember walking down the street with a, I had a girlfriend at the time, and we're walking, and this, I'm smoking a joint, and there's a guy behind me going, you can't do that here. You can't do that here, because there's a police across the street. And I was like, all right. And he ran across the street, and I, me and my girlfriend are watching him tell Is the cops. New York? Yeah. That he's telling the 52nd Street. That he's telling the cops. Yeah. This guy's smoking weed over there. And the cops just shrugged their shoulders. goes, yeah, what do you want us to do? <laughs> and then he just walks away defeated. That was a victory for me and a victory for weed against my girlfriend, who wanted me to quit weed, even though when we met, I was fucking on weed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like this person. Let's change what made him likable. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The weed. Now, yeah. see, Brian, you're likable without the weed. <laughs> right now. Yeah. I know some people that feel differently. There's a lot of... I'm finding more and more people that don't like me. I'm like, wow. Is that true? Well, you go through this. The more... I'm not known. I'm not known. Right. I'm known in, like, some areas. Yeah. But, like, uh, you're known. But the more known you get, the more... In some areas. It might be slightly <laughs> bigger areas, but... My parents both know who you are, and that, to me, means that you're famous. Okay. Well, my parents know you, Louis, David Tell, yeah. and Jeff Ross. They yeah. know you four. Yeah. And uh, it, they don't know, you know, they don't know Brian Regan... 
Yeah, I know. Exactly. They like It's weird about Brian Regan is that like he's huge and he's so fucking funny. Like if I'm here's the weird thing about me. If I'm like really down the dumps and like, you know, and you I'm watch alone, Brian Regan. I'll watch Brian or I'll watch Kevin James. Yeah. I love Kevin James. He's hilarious. He's a good actor too. Yeah. Yeah, the turns he has to make on but that you, show. But you're like you're among those guys. Like with the, like guys who are like they're on stage. Like I could watch any of you guys, you know, just like, you know, I'd like to see you uh uh, tr- try to learn how to use a phone yeah. on stage. Like, you know, like uh, you got a new iPhone. I would just like, I'd like to give, I'd like to give each of you a piece of technology that you don't know how to use and just stand on stage and try to figure it out. And- that would be a great show, man. Let's do that. That'd be so funny. <laughs> wow, that'd be funny. I did. Just like, give, you should book that show. Really? You just have five different people. Comics, comics trying to do things they don't know how to do. And you just hand them something before they're set. Be like, yeah. okay. Yeah, work know, it out. Program this clock radio yeah, yeah, to wake yeah. up before 30 a.m. <laughs> you know? I still don't do that. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll call downstairs. Yeah. But uh, but no, it's just in, in the nature of it. Like the, those are the guys that I and I like watching uh, joke guys, but I, I like goofy guys. Yeah, no, I, that's I think it's because how intelligent your stuff is. It's a release for you to watch Goofy. Why well, just? I, Whereas I, why probably I love you so much. You know to watch you oh, be yeah. you be smart, and I go, wow, that was really smart. Well, it's funny because like I try, I'm trying to be a little more goofy and a little more free because I know I got it in me. You know, but like there, <laughs> there, there. <laughs> They're just people that, uh, like, you can only do it in your way. You know what I mean? But I can watch people who write jokes and be like, that's a good joke. But if someone's not innately funny, mm. you know, and there are, there are those guys around. Like, they get off stage and you have a conversation with them. Yeah. They're not going to make you laugh. Like, well, we're never going to talk again. Well, yeah, just yeah. sort of like, you know, how do you even do it? Like, I know yeah. there are guys who are not naturally funny off stage or, or even naturally funny, period, who have gotten funny on stage. Right. I know that. Yeah. But I like the naturally funny people. And 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 I, I think it'd be surprising for people to know, but you know that there are plenty of fucking comics, and I'm not saying names are that they're bad comics on stage, but they're they're really not that funny people. <laughs> yeah, interpersonally. Yeah. Sometimes I'm afraid I come off like that, you nah. know, standing in front of uh, some comedy club in St. Louis, and you, yeah. and I'm like, man, I can't believe they're making me do a midnight show. They didn't tell me that. Yeah, yeah. And the comic's like, you're very negative. I'm like, I don't even fucking know you. <laughs> I gave, I just give you a cigarette. Fuck you. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean. So now I got this guy talking on Reddit. Brian Squire is not fun. Oh fuck yeah. it, he's not fun. Yeah, I, I, I never go to Reddit. I don't like when the young comics start shitting on the old comics. That makes, I, that's weird because it happens now. I, yeah, because so many of them. But yeah. I mean, I guess I did it too. But there were fewer of us. Well, we didn't do it publicly. We did it behind their backs in clubs. Well, yeah, like fucking comics. Yeah, <laughs> not posting it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, keep, keep it in the keep it in the family. At least just be prof- yeah, exactly. Yeah, just go gossip with some other assholes. Just be professional. Mm-hmm. And then get to a point where the guy hears it from another guy, yeah. not because he saw it on Facebook or Reddit or Twitter. It's like, hey, Joe told me that you're saying some shit about me. Yeah. No, fuck Joe. I was waiting for that phone call. Have you looked at Facebook today, bro? Uh, no, what happened? It's terrifying. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like it. It really bothers me. Like when I, when people try to draw me into arguments publicly, I'm like, nah. And when they start texting instead of calling. Yeah. So you got something to say. Let's talk. I'm a little guilty of that. I've done that before. Have you? But sure. Like where you just sort of like, hey, man, sorry that, you know, I ruined your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. that one, if it's an apology, I'm with fine. A, with, a, uh, with a sad face emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. 
So right. when, so okay, so you did radio, which is fun. Yeah, no, it just uh, and then I guess I graduated. And during college, I would come home to New York to visit my family, uh, and I would do bringer shows at Stand Up New York and Gotham. Oh, that's where you started with the bringers. Huh? Yeah, and then people were like, "No, you should do open mics," and I'm like, "Well, I'm, I only did like five or six shows." But and, when did you get the job working with mentally retarded people? Uh, when I graduated college, but I had been doing it already. Uh, my high school had a piece of property where during the summer there would be camps for mentally retarded. Uh, children or adults. I yeah. still say retarded. Yeah. I don't think the word retarded is bad. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. People are like it's a bad word. I'm yeah. like, it's not a bad word if it gets to what it, if it gets to the point exactly. Like if I say I worked with special people. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, well, it makes them special. Yeah. Well, they're handicapped. Well, oh, it's just broader. Oh, it's broader. Yeah, yeah. How different? Why are they handicapped? Yeah. Oh, they're retarded. <laughs> like, oh, okay, thanks. Now, well, they, I, now I, they understand. I've had that conversation before, and I used to do a bit on stage about that. Oh. You know, about. You, you know, like, uh, the but but the truth of the matter is it just becomes, it's about respecting the families of the people. Okay. Because like, it just, it's it, the, the word just got 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 negative. I understand that. But uh, you did for 15 years? For, for a long time. And I, uh, a lot of them are still my friends. Like, when I go home, I'll visit them. You know, uh, I was there for when their parents died. And like, you, you like. What, what compelled you? I, I, I well, originally it was just a job I felt comfortable doing. It was a fun job, and it was it it was what I you know it just was it was up my league of what I do. Like I would I would get fired from any other job from my mouth, right? But this job supported my mouth. So you're a smart ass. Well, if you think about it this way, this is my favorite story of how I sum up my entire years working with him. Chucky this is an older uh, slight MR, slight mental retardation. He was sitting in bed. He wouldn't go to bed, mm-hmm. and I was like, Chucky, why aren't you going to bed? You got to work tomorrow. And he goes, there's a monster in my closet. Now, I know Chucky's smart enough to know there's no monster in his closet. Right. So I go, really? I go, holy shit, we got to get out of here. <laughs> and I pick up his wiffle bat, and I open the closet, and I start beating nothing. Yeah. You're not supposed to do this. They would they would call me in an office and go, Brian, that's not the way you just tell Chucky to stop playing fantasy games. Yeah. But I would go along with him, pretend to beat the monster, and I would put my hand through the door, acting like I was choking myself. Yeah, and then I'm like, all right, he's dead, Chucky. Everything's fine. And yeah. Chucky would sit there and laugh, yeah. and then that satisfied him. Yeah, and he'd go to bed. Right. That's the way I would handle things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. there's no other counselors around to tell me what to do. But he probably knew there wasn't a monster, and he probably just wanted, to, you know, like attention. I think, yeah. And by the time you did that, I, I thought you were going to end that story with uh, with him <laughs> saying, like, I know there's no monster. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that'd be the intelligent way to do it. But I, I just uh, so I did that job, and also was flexible. I would do 20 hours on a Sunday, 20 hours on a Wednesday. Right. So now I had the rest of the week open for auditions and spots. What did you learn from that experience, though? Because, like, you know, one of my misunderstood yet yet I still feel is that because of, you know, there's a lot of, about humanity you can learn from people that yes. are, are that don't have a filter. Exactly. That's the thing. Uh, that, that's a much smarter way of putting it than I used to say. You, they can't hide how they're feeling. Right. That's what I used to say. Right. So I remember one of the guy's uh, mothers passed away. Yeah. So he would stand in front of me and and just occasionally pretend to look over my shoulder and wave at a ghost and then looked at me surprised, like, oh, you weren't supposed to see. Yeah. And it was so obviously he was saying, I want to believe my mother's still alive and I want to believe that that uh, that we have something special and and Brian doesn't know about it. All right. And like, you know, I would be like, okay. I was like, so I would go along with it to appease him. Yeah. But like they can't hide how they're... Uh, right. feeling and then you learn a lot about human behavior right like when a, when somebody uh wants to apologize to you let's say let's say i'm apologizing to you but i can't deal with the fact that it's 100 percent my fault so right. i'm gonna i'm gonna split the responsibility onto you in my apology 
mm-hmm. and be like, I did this because you did this. Right. And we, I could see through that as that's not an apology. Right. That's splitting the apology and sharing the blame with me because you can't look at what you did. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's something that you can, I learned from dealing with oh, me- really? mentally retarded people. It's like, yeah, you can cut through people's obvious right. bullshit. And they take it and they t- they understand that? Who? The mentally retarded people? Well, they, they, they just are happy to get the sandwiches. <laughs> like, the grind stopped beating us, so that's fine. <laughs> but, like, I see people. My point is now that's what I took away from. And, and yeah, right. And when you go, when you still have relationships with these guys who are probably older now. Yeah, they're not, they're not good. Yeah, but they're happy to see you. And, uh... The ones that remember you. I remember when I was first on, I did that TV show called Three Sisters in 2001. Yeah. Nobody watched it because 9-11 happened the next day. Yeah. That's my career. And uh, I suppose not people have died and had it worse. Yeah. But when I first appeared on the TV, I was like, you see me, Paul? There's me right there. No, no, no. Couldn't handle the fact that I was in the room and on the TV at the same time. Right. No, no, no. And he walked out of the room. It was frustrating for him to handle both. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Well, yeah. It's it's honest. I mean, I've had that experience with me on TV. (laughs) (laughs) You had to leave the room. I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) Turn it off. Turn it off. (laughs) Fuck. But that's a. But I think that's a, a a noble thing. And I do you, do you track any of that back to service to the idea of a uh, uh, Catholic uh, to? You yeah, know? I, I, I that's how it started at the Catholic high school, right? And originally, I went to those camps just to make young girls uncomfortable. Uh-huh. What, is, <laughs> what do you mean, which girls? The uh, counselors. Yeah. All right. From the uh, the, the Catholic high school yeah, girls. And yeah. I was like, I'll go up there and I'll, I'll hit on them and yeah, they'll yeah, turn yeah, me down. Yeah. And, and then, I'll drag off to them and then we'll all yeah, leave and never yeah, talk yeah. to each other again. <laughs> and I'll work with mentally challenged which, which, people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which I still do both of those. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> sure. In a weird way. Yeah. But it's uh, I don't know. So that, that's just I, I trace it back to that. Yeah. And then at some when I got uh, the money to move. When they gave me money to move for a pilot, here, yeah, I was like, okay, uh, that's it. So you were doing bringer shows, and then you, you graduated to other. Well, ninety five, I got into Boston Comedy Club, and yeah, the Boston, yeah, which was fun. It was, and it I was, was with Barry Katz, yeah, and then uh, uh, I you started were managed by Barry at the time, yeah, yeah, and then uh, what's well, uh, I I started playing the Gotham, and I started yeah. playing Stand Up New York and right. Dangerfields, and and when I got past the cellar. That's when I became a comic. So the guys, you know, pulled you in, got you the working. Yeah, Robert got, Robert Kelly got me uh, the gave me a spot uh, audition at the cellar. Yeah, and that's back when you had a VHS tape, and I had to stand out in the hallway and give it to Esty and be like, "Hey, uh, listen, this is my tape. I'll come back, uh, and I would come back every week for like I would say about eight months. Yeah, and I would at the Boston Comedy Club. Yeah. I would walk over. Yeah, and eventually. She threw me on for five minutes on a Saturday trial by fire. Yeah, and it went really well. Oh, good. And I started getting spots. I made Manny laugh. Yeah, and the wait wait staff liked me. Yeah, and I think that's when I became the comic of '97. Uh-huh. Area. And uh, suddenly everybody knew my name. Right. And it just was I was I was pounding. Yeah. Every night having yeah. to keep up with you guys. Yeah. Uh, and every comic back in those days before Manny passed, I feel like that club was firing on all cylinders at all times, and every comic on stage was fantastic well you had to be there yeah even if you weren't you yeah. had to be so i think that that's what made me a better comic that's, right that's what started me yeah it was like remember fear and loathing in las vegas yeah that line where he goes if you look out the window with the right pair of eyes you can almost see that place where the wave broke and finally rolled back that i feel that's the seller yeah 95 2001 probably i think so that's what defined it certainly yeah. and now it's defined by the people 
who are huge stars that came out of there that yeah. now show up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but to me, that's... What, a, did, what did Kurt Metzger call it? Louis tourism. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact he went to the pizza store. Yeah. And they were like, hey, it's the guy who made our place famous. We're so famous now because of you. The pizza place? Yeah, $1.75. They still charged him for sure. the pizza. You know? The slice. That was a pretty good slice. <laughs> yeah. I forget. He probably made that whole block famous. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I t- tell people now, you, you get off of the... The train station from Louis, and they go, oh, West Fourth. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You know, I do the voiceover for that show. You do? Yeah. Coming up next on Louis. Oh dear. All new. The following program is rated TV MLA for strong language in adult situations. You just do it for Louis? Yeah, but he didn't even hire me. The audition was do an old man voice and do a subway announcer, and so I was like, Louis, Louis, come uh, the Thursday uh, (laughs) ten. On F- FX, yeah. And they were like, hey, you got the job. And then they didn't want me to do that at all. Which <laughs> <laughs> is weird. But Louie now knows me. and He he didn't before? Well, he knew me, but right. he, he never knew my name. Right. And, and so it's like, like you knew my name. Right. That's something I got to give credit to you. I think that you were approachable uh, back to a young, younger college. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. yeah. Insecure and needy. I guess what you want to call that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were nice. No, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I like comics. I'm still that way. I just don't like, uh, you, you know, even when I, I shoot my show, like, I don't, I never consider it to be like, you know, I'm the boss or it's my show. I'm just like, I'm a guy working with other people. Yeah. You know, I have my moments Yeah. where I'm like, why isn't this going well? Who do I need? Don't Who's in charge? Oh, I can probably yeah, do something. I'm in charge because <laughs> you can't act like the way in other people's shows. They'll kick you right off. That's yeah. what I figured out. But I just, it's just better to go through life being, uh, I don't know if it's insecure or just sort of not thinking that way. I just don't, I don't, I don't have... I'm competitive and I still get a little snippy and jealous, but in terms of like working, I always defer to who, you know, who's guiding that, you know, like if if I'm working with a director or other actors, I'm not going to pull rank on anybody. It's like, I'm here to, you know, work with everybody. Right. Let's, let's work together. Yeah. That's, uh, I like that approach better. Like, Hey, we're putting on a show. Little rascals. Right. Some people, they have camps between the writers and actors. Yeah. I remember this, the second show I was on as a regular, there was a camp between the two and it was like uncomfortable oh my god what show was that uh well it was called uh stacked with yeah. uh, uh it was pam anderson and christopher lloyd yeah and me and those shows never work out well you know if you got that shit going on it's like what do you, i don't understand like you know when you hear these stories about people you know pulling rank and being prima donnas or doing crazy shit just to show that they can yeah. it's like i don't understand i don't understand where the fuck that comes from like i'm not gonna i'm not going to set today until they you know get me the shoes i want it's like what are you fucking for <laughs> I, I, I just don't understand well that. that well that show wasn't like that but i've seen it yeah i've seen it on other shows right like that show was actually pretty pleasant most of the time oh good that's the guy from modern family yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he's good but there's i've seen i've been on shows where you're like is this really happening <laughs> like this guy they gave him a, a gun a plastic water gun. They're like, your plot line is you play a water gun with the, the grandson. And he's like, well, I don't support guns. Well, yeah, but this is a character and we're paying you. Yeah. And then he does this, the whole episode and at the end he goes up to the producers and just smashes the water gun right in front of their faces. And I'm like, that's crazy behavior. You know what I mean? <laughs> he made his point. Yeah, yeah. And now he's telling a different version of that story. Yeah. I showed them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty of that, too. I was doing a show, and they were, like, really coming at me with fat jokes. Yeah. And I was like, hey, uh, I don't mind fat jokes. Can I say something back? Can I? Can we spread them out? Yeah. 
can not can uh, the plotline be for every episode? Not can it not be that nobody wants to fuck me? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. That's when I wrote that bit. Yeah, you know. So it's like, uh, and they're like, "Well, he doesn't like fat jokes." And then it comes telephone game. Yeah, like he doesn't like fat jokes. Brian's Brian threw a squad. More a more people being copied on yeah. the emails. Yeah, and then it's like at the end you're flipping over the craft service table and the story. Like Brian went nuts. Like right. I said one thing to one person in a nice way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And they asked me. Yeah. They figured they flip over that? a craft server tape? Yes. No, no. What I'm oh, saying is that it cha- yeah. changes. Sure. I think my exact- oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. That, like, yeah, he killed a man. Yeah. yeah right, it's right, it's right. telephone game. Yeah, yeah, It yeah, just yeah. gets worse and yeah, worse yeah. and worse. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like uh, I've seen actors get jealous of other actors oh, and yeah. have them fired from the show. Like, I've seen that. I've seen sitting at lunch with a, well, with can, a, yeah, with a really that. nice actor and who's been around. He's in movies. And he's sitting. We're, we're, we're learning lines together. And he gets a phone call and he's fired right in front of my face. Because somebody else was was jealous of the lines he was getting, it's it's sad. I, yeah, I learned how. Like, I knew that I wasn't that great an actor when I started. And I think I'm slightly better now. But like, I I always knew like I can understand that jealousy. But like with me, you start to realize like, well, if, if it's good, it's good. Yeah. You know, if that guy's gonna steal the scene, let him have it. Right. It's only gonna help us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like you know, I, I mean, and a lot of times when you work with actors who are better than you, you're better. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's just sort of like he can have the scene. Let, let, let him have the scene. Yeah. Like if if they had done that with Jaleel White on Family Matters or Henry Winkler on fucking Happy Days when he was taking over more, where, those shows would nobody would know them. Sure. If the guy who played Mister what's his name Tom Bosley yeah. from fucking Happy Days was like, this show's about me, yeah. not about Henry Winkler. The show would have been canceled. <laughs> it would've been terrible. Yeah. So what, which show did you move out for? What brought you to LA? It's called Three. I did a pilot with Steve Corn first with Tiffany Thiessen, and then I did uh, they uh, they threw me on a show called Three Sisters. Yeah. With uh, uh, Vicky Lewis from News Radio, AJ Langer from My So Called Life. Uh, yeah. Diane Cannon was in it. Oh, by it's, Diane Cannon. And the writers now write The Middle. It was a great show called The Middle, which they've had me on because they're awesome girls. Yeah. And so they uh, they gave, they didn't like me from the meeting. Yeah. Because they had heard this guy was funny in the pilot. Yeah. So let's call him in. And yeah. They didn't li- and I just said, you guys write me a scene and I'll show you. I was like, interpersonally, I'm not that interesting. Like, I'm sure all the listeners who are wondering how much time is left in this interview. No. Are, you know what I mean? That's what they were like, how much yeah. time is left in this interview. <laughs> I... um. I, I was like, just write me a scene. Yeah. So I got, they wrote me a scene and I got it. And then they gave me five grand to move. Yeah. And then I moved really quickly. And I just, uh, and then literally after the first episode air, I mean, people are recognizing me online. And I'm like, wow, I'm on TV. Yeah. On an NBC, getting an unholy paycheck, paid off by student loans. And then literally 9-11 happens. And the last thing people want to watch are three sisters on fucking NBC light comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just just died a slow death. So that was unfortunate. But you got your student loans paid out. And I got to learn to act without anybody watching with network money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, you're great on those shows. And like, yeah. I, like if I look at the thing here, like you're a guy that shows up on shows. Like I remember when I saw you on Mad Men, I was like, right. there's Brian! Yeah, well, that was a thrill. Thanks, man. Thanks. Scleros on Mad Men! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You were someone's boyfriend, right? Smoking a cigarette, I remember. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there was like, how many series did you get that, you know, like that went a season? Uh, I was a regular on two network sitcoms. Uh, Three Sisters ran a season and yeah. Stacked ran two seasons, but yeah. a, sh- a shortened first season. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Working with Christopher Lloyd was a lot of fun. I bet. It's exciting to work with those guys you yeah. grew up with. Yeah. And you don't say anything to them for two weeks. Yeah. And then like you sit down and you get the right thing to get them talking. You know, it's a horrible thing to realize uh, when you do, because like, the only experience I've had with television is doing my show. 
And I've had, you know, I've had big actors on it. Eric Stoltz, Judd Hirsch. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Alex Rocco. Wow. Elliot Gould. Wow. Sally Kellerman. Like, yeah. these are big movie stars from the 70s. But yeah. after a certain point, like, come, like, season three or four, <laughs> yeah. you start to realize, like, nah, they're actors. Yeah. You know, like, which is good because it's humanizing. Because yeah. it's very hard to separate, you know, your, your childhood reverence. Yeah, for these people, and then all of a sudden you realize, like, this is a job. They just like when when we're casting, it's the most demystifying fucking thing you could ever do. <laughs> like we're like, we got to cast this guy's uh, old guy, and then they're you know the casting agent sends you all this stuff, all these people that are available. I'm like, you can just get that guy. Yeah, that guy's great. Yeah, you think he's still working? Just yeah. be, just because your DVD's still on the player, right? But but he hasn't worked since. But yeah, or else he's I haven't seen him. Right, or he shows up and stuff. But that that's their job. Yeah. It's a hard job. It's a really shitty job. You always have to apply constantly. Right, right. Like, when a guy gets, when you're on a regular show, and everyone's like, I'm buying a house. I'm like, just don't do that till season three. Yeah. Don't buy a house till season three. Right. You know? Yeah, I've known a lot of guys that did that. Yeah. Comics. You know, guys who get the show built around them. They're like, cars for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I miss that, though. And I'm trying to get back to it. What? Uh... Uh, like, being a regular on something. I was a recurring... After the writer strike, yeah, it was just like I'm I'm a, I'm a guest role now. Yeah, you know now I'm fat and 42. Now that half the shows are reality shows, and now the fat best friend has been replaced by the minority best friend. Right. So I'm like, there's less jobs. Yeah. Plus I'm heavy and old. Yeah. And in this business, it's like they don't want heavy and old unless it's like the angle. I don't know. They show up. I mean, it's like it, it, you know, there are there are rare things that not even rare, but some you don't know how something's going to come together, or how right. someone's going to fit in. It happens. Yeah, there, I just was close to a, a Chuck Lorre sitcom. I was close to it. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And I, they wanted a, a heavy set forty two year old Italian, and I'm like, okay, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I just have to show up. Yeah, you know, and I did, and they were like, you're you're perfect, and I'm like, thanks. Yeah, like we're gonna ask you. I'm like, okay. And, and then, then what happened? We called them, and they're like, oh, we decided to change the character, and yeah. I'm like, well, you changed it from a brother to a black guy. What happened? Yeah, it just it changed. You know what I mean? And so it's like, okay, I didn't get a chance because they changed the character, and that's not my fault. Right. But it's nice to know that. That it's been ten years since stacked, and I got close again. Yeah, and I, you know, I had a bunch of recurrings on four cable channels yeah. shows. It's not over, right? Like uh, for a while there, I felt it was over. When you finally get what you've always wanted, and you like being on stacked and watch them, uh, and watching it implode for one right. reason or another. Yeah, and you're like, man, nobody's nobody's letting me be, you know, nobody's listening to my point. Right. I was like, I don't know if this is not the job I wanted, or when you get there. When you finally achieve your goal in life, yeah, you look around and go, "Have I been ignoring my parents? And <laughs> did I not go to Julia's fucking uh, right. camp, camp trip with her parents? I, I could have been in that relationship still if I didn't, hadn't chased this goal my whole life." Yeah. And then you get your goal and you're like, "I don't know if this was all worth it." Right. So I was lost for like I would say six years, just going through the motions, doing comedy. Though. Yeah, but not writing. Yeah. And I was just lost. Really? Is that when you're doing the drugs? Uh, there was some drugs in there. Yeah, yeah. It just was. There was a. It was not a great six years. I just didn't know what to do with right. myself. Right. I was like, well, I already did it. I was a regular on two network sitcoms, and neither one of them went. And it's not my fault. But now it's uh, what happens now. Now yeah. I'm not the flavor of the moment. The momentum has been killed because of the writer strike. What happens now? Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. I don't really. I'm not even enjoying stand up at that point. In my right. Life. I was like, so what am I doing? Do I just wait till I die? Yeah. Am I now just a mentor to younger comics? Right. Like, what, what am I? The guy sitting there? Yeah. Come talk to Brian. Yeah. So yeah. This is what you got to do. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> I would say the past two years, I've had a little bit of an act three begin. Yeah. Where, like, uh, like I'm on Castle 
in two weeks. Like I'm I'm learning back to how to audition again. Yeah. And I'm like, if I put a video camera in front of me in my living room, just do the lines of my video camera, I'll watch it back and go, all right, that, that line could be better. You should keep your eyes up here. You know, like you can look. You're directing up. yourself. Yeah, and then so then when I go in, yeah. I'm alive. Yeah, yeah. And probably for years I didn't care. But the point is, I'm caring again, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping Act Three. I like I'm hoping that God, this isn't the end of Act Three. You know what I mean? But this podcast. Yeah, it's like well, could this be the scene where Brian learns? You know, and then like I get <laughs> killed. You. I get run over by the guard. I can truck. tell you're funny now. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you're like into it. Like, yeah, you get it's up bad. there and we, you know, we, you know, like it's fun to go to the store now and see like guys like you and you know Dom and and dudes who are like you know, it's like there, there's a work a working man's ethic to it where it's like you can do your job tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I do my job. I'm gonna care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm carrying again. I want to go on stage and make uh, and make it an experience. Yeah, like I'm competing with very famous comedians. Uh, some are on TV currently. Some are just really well-known, established legends. And how are they going to remember me? Well, I'm going to just give them 15 minutes of a lot of shit. Yeah, it's funny. And then I'm going to leave. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. You've been so supportive, man. Yeah. Well, it's uh, like it's it's been great. Uh, it's it's always great to see you. And, uh, you know, I'm, again, I'm sorry about that one role. I, I'll keep Oh, you. no, dude. You, you were so kind. That's what I'm saying. You were so kind about it. Yeah. When I saw, were we allowed to talk about it? You brought it sure. up. Sure. When I saw Schubert go yeah. by in the golf cart, I'm like, yeah. it should go to him. Like I, I, He was like, hey, Brian. And I was like, hey, that should go to him. I didn't even know. It just made was, sense. I didn't even know he was auditioning. Well, like I said, when I opened the part, I was like, I don't know if this is the part right, right. that uh, would fit, suit me best. Yeah. And somebody could tell the story better yeah. if they had that yeah. look. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't think I had that look. Yeah. Yeah, you both would have been good, but yeah, but I, it was just, uh, but I, I wanted to be honest with you. It was nice of you to write. Thank That's you. my whole point, how you've, oh, you, you're, you're a very uh, given guy now. And I stopped you in front of that girl. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I was like, you know, there's a lot of guys at your level that aren't as generous as you. Uh-huh. And you, you, uh, and I got to tell you, it really means a lot coming from you, your generosity. Well, thank you, man. And then you looked at your girl and you were like, did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> and the guys just walked away. <laughs> I was like, I guess I avoided a fight that night. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, buddy. Good talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, it's great. I love him. I love Brian. If you want to have fun and get some laughs, go see Brian wherever you can. And go check out WTFPod.com, powered by Squarespace, for all your WTF needs. Yummy. Oh, am I into playing guitar? Can I play some really distorted fucking monster guitar? Can I do that on a Les Paul in a fucking pedal pedal business? And Boomer lives!